Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're, We're lost, lost on Lost. Welcome, everybody, to Lost on Lost. I'm Adam Busher, and I'm joined, as always, by Secret Agent JL80085, J.P. Russell. Secret Agent JL0085 is my dad. Please call me Russell. <laughs> so, J.P., um, yeah. throughout the, this whole thing, since we started doing the show, I've been um, sort Depressed? of... <laughs> I've been trying to check in on what like um what like the cast members of Lost have been doing since Lost has gone. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so since our we did our last episode in translation, I decided to check in on what our favorite fishing boy Hot Jin has been doing. Mm-hmm. So I started watching the Hot Zone Anthrax, which is about the anthrax letters that were getting mailed around right after 9/11. That must be a rip roaring good time. <laughs> It's uh, it's better than I thought it would be. But Daniel Day Kim plays Special Agent Matt Riker. He's one of the lead FBI agents who's investigating the threat. It's only six episodes. Um, it's the second season of the show. Actually, it was on National Geographic. If that was a channel, I, but I have two po- I have two things, two problems with it. Um, Tom Brokaw was one of the people who got one of the anthrax letters back in the day. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it got uh, the part of the target was like the media, so like the Post, uh, New York Post got it, like NBC News, ABC News, like it. At sure, the top. sure, so sure, Tom sure, sure, sure. In the show, and they have Harry Hamlin from L.A. Law playing him. Oh, really? But the problem is, is that the quintessential Tom Brokaw performance is Dan Carvey. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Tom Brokaw, but I'm like, is he just doing Dana Carvey doing Tom Brokaw? Gerald Ford dead today. <laughs> He's t- it's t- like, yeah, it's. And so I just every time he comes out, I was just like, I wish this was Dana Carvey. There's not many times in your life when you can say that, right? <laughs> Uh, and then the second thing that I had is I haven't watched the last episode, so I don't know if they catch the guy yet or not. <laughs> Today we're talking about Walkabout, the fourth episode of season one and the fourth episode of Lost overall. Our centric character is everyone's favorite defender of the work-life balance, John Locke. <laughs> Walkabout takes place on the fourth and fifth days after the crash of Oceanic Flight 815. JP? Yeah. Got a recap? I sure do. Do it. Bore my ass. It's probably Millhouse. Chronologically, <laughs> this is Lost's first deep dive into the sad, sad life of John Locke. Here on the podcast, we just call it a Tuesday. On the island, food is running low, and there's tons of dead bodies stacking up. I feel like there's a mutual solution here somewhere. Speaking of humans tasting like pork, everyone on the island now has a knife thanks to our sweet baby boy, John Locke. Saeed convinces Kate to go climb a tree. Shannon convinces Charlie to go fishing. Charlie convinces himself to get doinked at a funeral. Claire convinces the writers to give her something to do. How many weapons were on this flight? The walkabout through airport security must have been a real nightmare. Find out today on Lost on Lost. Not only did she convince the writers to give her lines, she also convinced them to finally give her a name. 
this is chronologically the first appearance of Claire's name. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, we'll get into that. Um, Adam, we have a guest. Sweet. That would be a nice change of pace. Yeah, oh, no, really? Uh, welcome to the show, longtime listener, first-time caller, Brenton Tom, everybody. Howdy, hey. howdy. Great, great to be here. So, Brenton, I, I feel like we have to give you a fairly extensive introduction here. Not really. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, Brenton was one of our first major donors mm-hmm. to Coffee.com, and then the bit where we gave him a shout-out in the episode had to get cut for time. So. <laughs> it's typical. So, thanks, Brenton, for keeping the lights on. Yeah, buddy. We appreciate um, it. No worries. Keep up the good work. In terms of Lost, so back in the pilot of uh, this podcast, 40-some-odd episodes ago, I mentioned that in college, I sat down and randomly watched episodes of Lost that one of my other roommates was watching. Britain is, in fact, that roommate. I think we have you to blame for most of this podcast, Britain. That's weird. No, I was going to say no. thanks, but blame's good, too. Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Britain, uh, tell us a little bit about your relationship with the television show Lost. How did you, how did you come about starting to watch it? So I got on Lost kind of late, I think around 2007, 2008. Um, I, di- I didn't jump on the Lost bandwagon right away because I was confusing it with that reality show. I think it was Survivor. Survivor. Um, so, oh. so I th- yeah, so I thought Lost yeah. was this uh, sur- uh, reality show, and I, I had nothing to do with it. But my buddy Brett had the first three seasons on DVD, so I watched it during like one of the winter breaks, hmm. yeah. and I got hooked immediately. So I watched the first three seasons, and as soon as I finished that, I think season four was on Hulu. Yeah, probably. yeah so as soon as I finished that, the fifth season was about to come out, so I pretty much just watch it as it came out the fifth season and then finished it with the sixth season so got to see the fourth four, excuse me the first four seasons uh in a binge watch and i i think that's when i randomly saw because i saw one episode from season three and then two or three episodes from like seasons five and six with you and i walked in like an irresponsible child and was like Britain, explain this show to me and i remember your head exploding being like dude i can't, can't. fucking no, you need to start over if you want to know what's going on. Yeah. Or just start in random order like you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works out just the same. So, uh, hey, do you guys want to talk about Lost? Sure. Let's do hey. it. Today's episode, Walkabout, uh, originally aired on October 13th, 2004. It was written by David Fury and directed by Jack Bender. Beyond Lost, uh, David Fury has been an executive or co-executive producer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, 24, and Fringe, among others. Uh, He was also Mm. nominated for an Emmy for the script for today's episode, Walkabout. Really? It seems that he may be an okay writer. (laughs) (laughs) This, This episode got nominated for an Emmy. Okay. All right. And then most recently, Jack Bender was the executive producer on a new science fiction horror show on Epics called From, starring uh, Lost alumnus Harold Perrineau. Uh, The first two episodes were free on Prime Video, and they were pretty spooky and pretty interesting. However, not interesting enough for me to spend six bucks a month on the Epic streamer, so maybe I will finish that when I cancel my stars add-on to my Hulu account. (laughs) (laughs) Adam's taking a drink of water right now, but he might as well take a drink of something else because we start this episode on an I, baby, drink. Drink. So this is is interesting. This is a little interesting because um, this is the first on-island flashback. Oh, sure. It's the first time that they flashed back to a a time on the island because we open in flashback 
to the the crash right right after the crash. Yeah. Locke's still laying in the sand, still in his mm-hmm. uh, you know traveling gear. And yeah, he wakes up. He wakes up and he's staring at his toe. Uh, excuse me, his gold toe dress sock. Uh, <sighs> this episode of Lost on Lost brought to you by Gold Toe gold Dress toe Socks. Dress socks for when you can't afford Nikes. <laughs> Uh, I the the one note that I have because uh, yeah he goes to put on his shoe and I was like man the tread on those shoes looks immaculate oh wait um, <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah we we get uh, we get old Johnny Locke he's looking at his foot um, seems a bit sort of stunned I mean the man was just in a plane crash so mm-hmm. understandable mm-hmm. and then we kind of immediately cut to present on the yep. island uh with Locke sitting by a fire and uh, a dog barking yep uh, it's night everybody uh is trying to get some rest but yeah vincent's just going nuts obviously vincent's barking at something he's not just barking sure sure nonsense that was my first thought when i was because th- he just like kept barking 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 um it wasn't just like a single bark like, shut that damn dog up yeah um, <laughs> It starts waking everybody up. And so, like, this was an interesting little shot to me as they started going through people waking up. Because it's, like, it's the nonverbal reintroduction for the episode we're seeing. Right, of all of our main cast. Yeah. So, like, right next door to Walt and Michael, Boone and Shannon are there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, right next to them, Sun and Jin are uh, nestled together. Right next to them, their neighbor is Saeed. And then a little bit further down the beach, which I thought was kind of interesting, was Claire and Hurley. And it just it yeah. made me think, like, later on, we all know, of course, that Claire and Charlie are, are a, bi- a bit of a duo. And o- only just for this brief moment, I was thinking to myself, what if it was Hurley and Claire where, like, instead of, like, this weird sort of pseudo-romantic relationship that we see Claire and Charlie get into, like, we have just sort of, like, a more brother-sister-sibling-type caregiver or, like, uh, relationship between Hurley and Claire. Sure, sure. Surrogate father to fucking onion head or whatever early is the wet nurse yeah and i was just yeah. thinking to myself I was like man I, th- I i personally think that may might have been really interesting i don't know about more yeah. interesting but would have been interesting so there, there's a noise emanating from the fuselage um <laughs> jack has some fantastic comment about it. it's probably sawyer that uh, was pretty funny <laughs> yeah i thought that was funny he's like oh, i'm right here asshole yeah <laughs> right yeah right here i'm right behind you jackass yeah. <laughs> it's like that's that's a well-deserved jackass right yep. there everybody starts to you know sort of slice the pie and try to look in the in the fuselage here the cool thing was like we had like a it's it's not an a team but it's like a sort of a scooby gang yeah because like so that once they figure out it's not sawyer jack grabs a little flashlight and moves forward and then sawyer piles in behind him and then kate and then the three of them are approaching and then like charlie just kind of hovers in yeah <laughs> Can we can we point out like Jack pulls out this little tiny pocket flashlight and then Sawyer yeah. pulls out this massive like briefcase <laughs> flashlight sort of like hey my dick's bigger than yours yeah yeah it's it, again to ask the question who is traveling with this huge flashlight there's so much we need to start keeping track of the insane things that the that survivors have with. access to because they were just on this flight but yeah they they look in there and from the audience perspective we can't exactly tell what it is you kind of see like a, a shadow of something mm-hmm. Sawyer's like ah, I'm gonna shine some light on this <laughs> and then flashes and then it spooks what we find out is a boar was mm-hmm. anyone else confused as to what it was no oh I, I thought it was going to be another polar bear. Yeah, I thought it was some sort of animal. Oh, oh okay. I, I see what you're saying. Like, it was it was obviously an animal of some kind. Right. I was trying to remember, like, oh, this is really early on. We've encountered mm-hmm. polar bears. We know there's polar bears on the island. I assumed it, what it was. 
and then it runs out into the darkness. I'm like, well, that wasn't white at all. That was black. What the fuck hmm. was that? And they're like, boars. I'm like, oh, yeah, the other thing on the island. Right. And that, uh, that's why I, I assumed it was boar because at this point, again, we're not watching it chronologically. We've seen boars and they talk about boar all the time. So I was like, oh, it's boars. It was kind of cool because like he shines a flashlight in it and the, the boar turns his head and you see the eyes flash in the in, in the darkness. That was like kind of a little bit spooky. Creepy. I liked that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. It was. It's definitely a way of getting around the fact that they didn't have a boar or a very good <laughs> CGI boar, so right. it's a lot of just like rustling shadows. Yeah. They flip out. Uh, Jack just screams, run, and everybody <laughs> starts like bailing. Like it's classic. Like, yeah, people falling down and like we're that. missing the sequence where they're all in a hallway with a bunch of doors <laughs> and like they all are going through and the boar's going through and then you know they yeah. all end up going through the same door. Anyways, yeah. And so they get spooked. The, the animals get spooked, and so yeah, these thirty to fifty feral hogs just come running out of the. F- the fuselage and off into the tree line. That's our cold open. Yeah, that's it. That's a cold open. Um, so it cuts back to that same evening yet. <laughs> Jack is char- <laughs> tending to Charlie's wound. He's yeah. like a little bitty band-aid on little him. Bitch. Like, <laughs> just put some <laughs> sand on it or something. Like, it's not that bit. Just like, put, put pre- like, hold a piece of, whatever. Yeah, don't waste a band-aid yeah. on this idiot. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, them tusks, man. Them tusks got them good. <laughs> you and Tom are probably in the running for Lost on Lost most outdoorsy guests. Um, have you ever encountered a boar, like, in real life? I've hunted a wild boar before. It was like a thermal night hunt. Damn. Did you just use a knife? With a thermal scope? No, I. It was a. It was a regular, uh, you know, rifle with the optics. So they love to hide. Uh, I buy that. Do they? All right. Well, resident boar expert, Brent and Tom. Good. Good. No, no, no. I'm. I'm no export. Expert. (laughs) You're not. You're neither an export (laughs) nor an expert. I export boar. I'm I'm writing that down. The resident boar exporter slash expert. As we're about to find out, the island's expert boar hunter isn't an expert either. So, uh, you know, you make do with what you got. (laughs) Um, They talk about how to solve the problem of the zombies and the <laughs> boars. Yeah. Let's just burn down the only shelter that the island has provided for us. Uh, yeah, I do want to mention on that. I was going to wait until we get towards the end when they, the whole thing happens. But really, they're going to burn the plane, their only shelter? Right. And you're going to tell me they got every little morsel of goodness out of it, you know, in terms of supplies and like metal, even, you know, like all the seats and all that stuff. People didn't want to go into the plane because of, in the words of Hurley, it's pretty grim in there. So, yeah, there's no way. Like the the only time, again, it's four or five days into it. The only time we've seen anybody go in there is Jack when he was looking for medicine. Yeah, there's no way. And and you said that too, four, four days on the beach. Nobody's burnt. Nobody's lips are dry. Nobody's red. Mm-hmm. And like they're just they're, they're sleeping out in the elements. They're sleeping on the sand, the cold sand in the middle of the night. And instead of being in a cushiony, concealed aircraft. I don't know. It screws up my week if I sleep on the wrong side of the bed without my, you know, three inch memory <laughs> foam mattress topper and side sleeper pillow. But but yeah, Jack has some rationale of, well, we can't bury the bodies because animals will keep you know, digging them up and, and trying to eat them. And I'm like, well, yeah, because we've seen you guys bury bodies on the beaches and y'all are burying them like three inches under the goddamn sand. <laughs> right, in the sand, uh, exactly. You're burying them next to the fucking water the and not digging right. deep holes. Like, there's a reason graves are six feet deep or more, you know. Whatever. Right. Like, Couldn't they just, you know, put the bodies on piles of wood and burn the wood and then actually use the fuselage? Or that. That is a great. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking idea, Brenton. It's too bad you aren't there. Yeah, I, to I, have a, explain I have a feeling the uh, the writers to this this show might have not had wilderness experience, uh, and they're just kind of just writing it on the you fly. Think? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell by the way the show is. Yeah, they're they're talking about sort of sensitive considerations too, in terms of like you know you know what about you know some of these people their religious you know beliefs their bodies sure. need to be disposed of a certain way and Jack's like well we don't have time to sort out all their gods and Charlie actually with a good yep. zinger is like last time I checked we have loads of time that's very true it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's been four days now, you're yeah. not getting rescued in anytime soon if it if it's more than three days it's not gonna happen yeah I can't remember which of our guests said it um, we'll have to look it up later and shout them out but Lost is all about deadline management <laughs> 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 I feel like that's Jake Jacobson. That was probably yeah, that was probably Jacobson. Um, but yeah, there's no time pressure here, Jack. Like, yeah. we got time. They kind of like Jack kind of puts a pin on the disc. He's like, you know, we're doing it, whatever. And then he yeah. hustles okay. off. And everybody's sure. like, all right, I guess Jack's in charge. And we can cut to the next morning. Um, so it looks yeah. like it looks like they're gonna try to get some of the shit out of the plane before they do set it on fire. The the grimness of it now no longer bothering anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody will just grab seat cushions and bullshit. It's like there's bodies in whatever. Rather than rip apart the entire innards of an airplane, it would probably be easier to pull out twenty yep. bodies. But you know. I don't think metal burns, so probably be easier <sighs> to pull out the corpse and burn the corpse. None of us have been in a plane crash before, so like all of our assumptions about this are all based on you know just. I've read some articles about jet fuel and steel beams. I'd like to get into <laughs> now. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our second 9-11 reference in this episode. Jesus Christ. Uh -oh. <laughs> Saeed's like, Saeed's, his attitude about it, about the whole plane burning thing has continued. He's like, I'm not helping to do that. That's dumb. I'm doing Professor Gilligan shit over here. So, yeah, he's going to pick up the, the transmission that they that they heard. You know, we know it's yeah. Russo's transmission. Uh, he's going to use some sort of transceiver and triangulate some sort of fucking sciencey shit that yeah. I'm too stupid to... D disprove. Um, well, Brenton, you work in communications. Yeah, I, I, Does it make any yeah, sense to you? I was going to say, he's pretty tech-savvy for a comm officer. I mean, he's got real yeah. hands-on yeah. experience with fuses and microprocessors and stuff like that for an officer. Yeah, uh, I don't buy it. For those not in the military, officers don't typically have a job, so... <laughs> Their job is being an officer. <laughs> right, yeah. So, Especially uh, being a Republican guard, because there's a classes system with them, too. The officers, oh, like, sure. yeah, they, they, they lead the folks and they take bribes and stuff like that. So they're completely different than the enlisted folks. So uh, the fact that he, the fact that he knows this technology is kind of, uh, maybe he did something else before Republican Guard. It's possible. You know, he's explaining his plan and Kate's like, well, what can I do to help? There's another one of these lines later where everyone seems... Like, the writers want to convey that people are picking up on the fact that Kate wants to get off the island and she's very anxious to get off the island. And I'm mm -hmm. like, everyone should be anxious to get off this fucking yes. island. Right. Asking, what can I do to help, shouldn't be like a red flag. It's a, right. hey, what can I do to help? Like, right. You seem pretty anxious to get off this island. Oh, shit. Aren't you? <laughs> We've been here for four days and our food's running out. Do you yeah. want to fucking stay here? Yeah. Like, uh, cut to Michael and Walt. Walt wants to chill with Locke. Walt wants to see what Mister Locke is up to. Yeah, uh, like Michael's just collecting wood for the big for the big uh, for the big house burning party, and he's like, "Why don't you help your dad pick firewood?" And he's like. Fuck all that, dude. Like, you pick yeah. firewood. I'm a kid. Like, 
I want to go see what he's up to. Like he's he's got some cool shit going on over there. Well, and Walt's got a good little dig at him. There, he's like, he actually talks to me. Yeah. Mm. Effectively, Michael is as much of a stranger to him as Locke is at this point. You know, yes. he's known his dad for a few minutes more. Yeah. Yeah. Their relationship isn't great. Michael, regardless of that truth, he's still very reluctant to let Walt go talk to Locke. From there, uh, we cut to Hurley and Sawyer. Sawyer and Hurley are fighting. This is a fight that I would have loved to see go on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sawyer and Hurley are tussling over, I think it's a backpack that's got what Hurley says are like the last of the peanuts. Yeah, the last of the peanuts, yeah. The first attempt to break a fight is made by Boone, showing yet again how useless he is at everything. He's just like, (laughs) hey, knock it off. (laughs) So he's like, shut up, Metro. (laughs) And then Jack and Saeed actually come and physically break up the fight. (laughs) Sawyer's rationale for like, hey, this is my own private stash. I found it on the plane. So it's like you found this these peanuts on the plane and now they're yours. I don't like that rationale of like this is now mine. Just yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Piece yeah. of shit. So, sorry, bud. Like I know it's like Lord of the Flies and shit like that because he like he said that in like one of the other. He's like I'm in the wild. You know. It's like no. It's not. I found this. It's mine. It's I found this. It's ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, comrade. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got to make it out of here <laughs> not just you yep. the problem is is that this uh, revelation that food is running out um is made very publicly <laughs> and uh it possibly could start a panic saeed kind of tries yeah. to jump on he's like hey like calm down we can forage a little bit like there's food yeah, around there's here plenty on this island that we can eat yeah. and then sawyer has some snarky comment uh, I don't even remember what the fuck he says because uh, like, I got distracted by Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, so he <sighs> says something idiotic and then just like a, a knife <laughs> buries itself into the seat next to him that he's sitting in. Uh, and everybody does the whip head turn over to where the knife came from. It's fucking dad bod Johnny Locke just standing there fucking dick out just... Just the, the absolute the, swagger. The still the the uh, formation of the eye scar. You see the origin still there. It's still sort yeah. of scabbing over. We hunt boar. We're gonna hunt for boar. I've seen mention to this scene before. Obviously, never watched it, uh, but just being on lost social yeah. media. And I was trying to put myself in the mindset of like not knowing who John Locke was mm-hmm. or what he becomes yeah. and seeing that for the first time and my jaw, I had to pick up off the floor. <laughs> it was next to my boots. Like, oh my God. So good. Yeah. Like this is the, fr- like we've seen like John Locke a little bit here and there, but we don't chronologically, we're not supposed to know anything about him was it the episode right before this where we got the end where it's like super creepy and oh, he's just, just like staring, staring at off yeah, it. yeah 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 and so yeah we've seen that so we yeah. chronologically know something's coming but we have no idea what jack uh you either have very good aim or very bad aim <laughs> <laughs> there's some good singers in this episode i like that <laughs> That would be pretty buck wild. Oh, introduction to John Locke. My first action of note is going to be burying a knife into the chest of the most annoying character on the cast. I missed. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a case of knives. Can we talk about that for a second? We absolutely can. So, first thing I want to note, those knives aren't even like proper hunting. Like they're all over six inches. Like they're not for like skinning. Like it's just a random set of knives that look scary. Yeah, one of them's got a knuckle yeah, guard. Yeah. Like a... <laughs> and also, the suitcase that's holding those knives looks almost very similar to the same suitcase that hit 
the uh, air marshal in the pilot episode. Yep. So was it checked or was it in the carry-on? That would be funny know. if it was just in all red and that's the thing that killed Edward Martin <laughs> <laughs> or knocked him out. Oh, man. Yeah, because, he, yeah, he says, I, he's like, they're like, how'd you get all these knives? And he's like, I checked them. Like, you can take anything on a plane as long as you tell them about it, just, like, not explosives and shit. But, like, yeah. Well, we have established that somebody was smuggling fireworks on the on the flight. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. there's knives, guns, and fireworks. Charlie just had heroin in his pocket. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, again, this is post nine eleven. They're oh they're still God. ironing out the kinks of what you can and cannot carry. <laughs> yeah, they have not yet settled on the you know the one ounce of shampoo. If you're gonna bring a set of golf clubs, it can only if you only get three irons. You can't bring all nope. of them, etc. <laughs> there we go. Three nine eleven. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cut to a flashback. Yeah, locks uh, locks working cube. Just cube job, dude. Yeah. Everybody's got to do a job. Uh, gets a little phone call. Colonel, Colonel is, is this line secure? secure? He ch- he checks to see if the line is secure, of course. By um, of course, just shoulder. looking around his cube. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Quiet. Do you smell that? It's blood. <laughs> yes, this line's secure. Go ahead. Uh, what is it JL twelve or GL twelve? Yes, um, something. Uh, yeah, a little little bit of code, like little some sort of mill speak. Yeah, man- maneuvers speed. at 1300 hours which i was like daytime ops that sounds sketchy yeah it's kind of like it's a little bit of a misdirect like it obviously like again if you pick up on these little clues as to like there's no way he's like some sort of real spy or military person or whatever like, right yeah um you know it's it's an interesting little misdirect but he hangs on the phone um and then uh randy nations comes this walking by piece of shit that's the same notes i put piece of shit <laughs> 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 I need your TPS reports, John. Get back to work. I mean, Colonel. <laughs> I, a TPS report is a real thing. I had to look it up. A test procedure specification report. Hmm. Right. It's not just a bit from Office Space. It feels like they just said it as, as a nod reference. to Office Space, and it felt really forced and lame. I'm sorry. Hey, man, that's Emmy award winning writing. <laughs> and don't diss it. <laughs> I mean, Emmy nominated. Oh, excuse me, nominated. Yes, nominated. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's clearly, you know, he's not actually a spy and his boss is like, fucking get back to work, Colonel, or whatever. Not chronologically. We've seen Randy Nations a couple times already. What? Um, yeah, this is the guy. Uh, he works at Mr. Clucks and shit. That's the same guy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Adam, that's no. Why, that's why he's such a piece of shit. What? You I thought You didn't recognize him? I have face blindness. You know this. <laughs> That's Randy Nations. He also, at some point in Lost History, is Hurley's boss at Mr. Clucks and then Hurley's employee at that same Mr. Clucks. I didn't realize that was the same guy. This changes everything. Which tells us a little bit about uh, Locke. Uh, if you're watching non chronologically, uh, now since we know that Randy Nations is the same area, John Locke is. Uh, likely lives still lives in the greater los angeles area yeah i'm checking notes right now it says five episodes he's in are you fucking kidding yeah, me I, did, That's I didn't wild. believe that either this is this episode marks the first appearance of billy ray galleon as randy nation <laughs> so why why bring this guy back as like uh, anyways <laughs> he's a uh, according to lostpedia a rude and arrogant middle management boss for whom both hurley and Locke have worked well so we've now seen him three times we have two more goddamn randy episodes in this show uh, apparently <laughs> for fuck's sake back on the island kate has a knife do, do all the interns get glocks no they have to share one her and jack are talking about 
something and Jack's misogynistic and is, you know, says something about, I don't know, some dumb shit. And she's like, who says this is my first boar hunt? I'm like, yeah, get him, Kate. I wanted to go back real quick uh, and just make a comment about how dorky Jack is in this episode, first personified by his bandana that he's wearing during the fight breakup scene. I wear bandanas all the time. Yeah, but he's wearing it in a real dorky way. Oh, okay, good. Do I wear it in a cool way? Yeah. Yeah, dude, come on. Um, Jack has uh, some other line about, again, well, you always volunteer to go into the woods, which it's like, again, people are trying to help get you yes. all off this island, maybe just shut the fuck up. And they they have some exchange about, like, you want to go into the woods? We know what's out there. And Kate's like, no, we don't know what's out there. Like, that's kind of the point. point. Yeah. Then he's like, oh, you're going to go out there with our new friend, Locke? You know, what are you... What do you think about a guy who has a suitcase full of knives? Uh, that guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, what I would think, but I guess I'm not a little girl. So Jack like Jack would have not have a problem with me doing it compared to Kate. Oh, God. I'd give anything if it was a suitcase full of like novelty knives. Like he's got the one Klingon knife that has like the two little knives that pop out. And like, like a major bat a lord- Yeah, like a Lord of the Rings knife. Oh, man. It's just odd, but like. It's like you're saying, hey, don't go out with this guy that has these knives to go home. Like, he's looking out for the group, wanting to find food and sustenance. It's like, how would you not want to do right. that? It's like, we're still getting to know each other. Yeah. I get it. You, you think he's just exactly. start slashing people off? I guess he could think that, but still. You're like, what's the alternative? Starve? Yeah, let him or let him go hunting by himself and maybe get hurt mm-hmm. or lost or killed. And if, if his motive was to lead people into the woods to kill them, he wouldn't publicly be like, hey, let's all go hunting, you know, like... Yeah. He'd just, he'd pull Charlie aside and then just stab him to death, you know? <laughs> like Charlie, I found this weird sort of tan white powder out here. I'm wondering if you could identify it for me. <laughs> stab, 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 stab. <laughs> Michael goes to, um, he's going to, he's going to be the, the third, um, Locke mentioned earlier, it would probably, he could probably do it with three people. Um, so Michael's going to be a uh, hunter number three. Uh, he leaves mm-hmm. Walt with son, which is an interesting choice. There are 40 goddamn people that speak English that you yeah. could leave your child with and yeah. you decide to American speak at one of the few people that don't speak English. I was wondering if there was subtle reasoning behind that. Like, is he attracted to her? Because like everyone he could have went to, he went to her and he can't even talk to her. It, maybe there's some subtext there. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that, Brenton, because chronologically there is an episode prior to this where Michael and son have a classic television trope of him accidentally walking in on her topless. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've seen semi-recently, which hypothetically the chronological viewer would have seen just before this. It's like in episode two or three in which this happens. So yeah, so I think I think maybe he's trying to do something about the awkwardness there of accidentally having hmm. seen her titties. But it's you can't you, again. You don't speak English. You're not going to be able to smooth the awkwardness out because yeah, the two of you there's a language barrier, bro. Like you're just like come on. I, and here's the other gag about it too is like Brenton, you know this. Oh, son speaks English. Mm-hmm. She speaks English. So like, she knows what he says. She's like, yeah, I know. Then she's got a fake, like, uh, yeah, I think I know. I bought your, and like, she's just like, yeah, go. Just leave. Fuck off. <laughs> Quit being weird. Yeah. Stop. I know you're picturing me naked right now. Fuck all the way off. She could easily just wink at him, like, <laughs> secret safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll watch. No problem. Uh, Claire wants to do a memorial service for the the passengers who didn't make it. Mm-hmm. She comes to Jack with this idea. Jack? Not having it. Mm-mm. He's like, great. You want to do something, you you do it. She's like, well, maybe you should say something. He's like, it's, it's not my thing. Like, why are you assuming I want to do this? If you yeah. want it done, go ahead and do it yourself. And she's like, okay. 
I mean, good job for her for taking the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a decent thing, especially like people are grieving and it, it's it's a good sense of closure, especially because you do have fucking dead bodies all over the place. Like it's it's a good psychological mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. And Jack says it in a shitty way, but he's got a point. He's like, Jack does not have to do everything. Like there right. are 40 people here. A, a memorial service can easily be led by somebody with more some more compassion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, you know, so, so maybe like a, a future mother. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> Woman spots Rose sitting off on the beach by herself, um, and then the two, and then it just becomes a Boone and Shannon thing. Yeah, fucking these two. Yeah, yeah. Boone's like, oh, she's been sitting out there. Maybe somebody should do something. Why can't you? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, go, yeah. You go talk to her. You're a human, and she's a human. Just go talk to her. Like, it's sort of the mm-hmm. same conversation that Jack and Claire just had about the bodies. <laughs> It's exactly it. Hey, somebody should do something about that. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> Go do it. Um, fuck face. But it devolves into a, a, a argument between the two of them about like Boone just thinks yeah. Shannon can't take care of herself. She's like, I can do anything I want. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, she she's literally just sitting there doing a crossword or something. Uh, yeah. And he's like, Th- thanks for all the help. You know, we're mm. all gonna fucking starve to death. She's like, Well, I'm I'm not gonna starve. I'll uh, catch a fish. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ocean's full of fish. A little bit, a little bit of a joke. This isn't as good as some of the other jokes uh, that have come up. But Boone's like, "I'm sorry, but the ocean's <laughs> not going to take your gold card." That's that's a little. Funny. Yeah. We briefly watch the hunting party track the board. They just talk about like Locke's explaining how he's tracking, mm-hmm. like other uh, rooting, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Can we talk about why Locke? Like everyone has their their knives sheathed or holstered, and his is just in his hand, up facing mm-hmm. up the whole time, and he's like touching the wood on the trees. Like, see, they're digging in here. It's like, you're dude, you're dulling out your blade. Why are you? carrying your knife you can easily have it on your waist the whole time yeah. and when the boars appear mm-hmm. pull it out point it with your be, finger i get it it's more dramatic it's visually <laughs> better seeing him hold this thing but mm-hmm. i feel like it could be more effective if he pulls it's, it out when the boars are nearby it's the same reason like when it's tater tot night i get really excited and i just walk around with my silverware in my hand waiting <laughs> for kai to finish making my tater tots in the air fryer um and I'm just like stomping around tater tot night, tater tot night. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, we we learn very soon that John has been waiting for this mm-hmm. for a long time. So he's, yeah. he's, he's excited. We cut to Charlie trying to do some heroin <laughs> with an empty uh, bag. Yeah, it, it, he's down to the down to the dregs on his uh, plastic bag. Of, Dude. I just rewatched Tropic Thunder, and when Jack Black, you know, is trying to do drugs in the woods, and he keeps getting spooked, he's like, ah, it's my it's Skittles, <laughs> jelly beans, <laughs> jelly beans. That's what it is. Yeah, it's jelly beans. Yeah, uh, oh, he gets God. interrupted by Shannon. <laughs> this is this is the beginning of Shannon attempting to fish. What? There's no way she didn't see drugs. There's no way. She's like, whatever. Good, yeah. you're strung out and horny and and going through withdrawal. I can exploit that. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the beach, the plain area. Um, Boone, Boone, again, dude, fucking go do it yourself. Yeah. You, this is the second person you've asked to go fucking deal with this. Yeah. Jack, he, he asked Jack to go talk to Rose. Well, but at the same time, maybe Boone recognizes he doesn't have the best uh, people I, skills. I, I do not buy that. I do not buy that. I think that <laughs> Boone, I, I do not believe that Boone is the type of person to admit his own weaknesses. And I believe that the show throughout not only lost, but lost and lost reinforced. I think there's plenty of evidence to back me up there. I think that he is arrogant and selfish and not self-aware and he's just lazy and entitled. And that's the reason why he doesn't want to go do it himself is because he, if he can get somebody else to do it, he would rather do that. Well, when you say it like that, <laughs> all logically and making sense... 
you know, I, th- I think this scene would have played out better if Boone went to go attempt to talk to her after mentioning it to Jack. But he has terrible bedside matter where he can't really converse to her. And then Jack comes over. It's like, I got this. And then starts talking to Rose. I like that. Yeah. Let, yeah. let Boone just be the buffoon like we all know to he talk. is. Right. Bail, yeah, bail him out again. Yeah. Jack bails Boone out after. Because, I mean, like, there's a there's a scene where Boone tries to rescue somebody who's drowning. And Jack is Jack's the one who ends up actually. Yeah. He rescues Boone because Boone <laughs> don't want strong I forgot about that. Yeah. He just finds him under the water. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the thing that gets Jack to go do it is Boone's like, you did save her life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so you should, okay, you, know, she, you, you might have a rapport with her or whatever. So, and he brings her water and a blanket and he's like, well, you're not going to be by yourself. We'll just sit here for right. a while inside. It's kind of sweet. Cut back to the hunting party. Just a little bit of exposition here. Like, Kate's like, what's the deal with you and Walt? And he's like, I only just met him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is all stuff that we know now on yeah. the podcast here. Michael asks her what she's doing. Like, well, what were you doing in Australia? And then they get cut off by Locke, shushing them. Sure. Locke sees signs of an animal. Mm, mm-hmm. So knives at the ready. Now, Britain, now's the time to unsheath the knife. Yeah, he's got the like an eight-inch blade holding it up, doing like, like next to his face, like doing these movements. It's like, it's such unsafe handling. And then when he grabs Kate, too, to move her, it's like, you got the blade in your hand. You, you could have stabbed her. Maybe he yeah. should have. Um. <laughs> they're they're try- He's, like, giving him the signals. Like, hey, like you go there, you go here. Uh, and Michael's like, stop doing the signals, whatever. And that spooks the boar, and Michael gets gored by it. I'm military. Brenton, you're military. Um, so, Adam, yeah. you're non-military. Do you, do, you, do you have a fairly decent understanding of what the hand signals were? Yeah, because it wasn't, they weren't, again, you said, like I said, you said, I'm not military. So as far as I know, they weren't military hand signals. He was, po- he pointed at Kate and then he pointed to a place, which to me is right. like, you go there. And because he's not yeah. talking, he, it, the signal also means be quiet. You yeah. quietly go over there. Yeah, I think I, I think I was pretty on board with yeah. <laughs> I at no point thought that he was telling me to steal second. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a baseball guy, so maybe that's why. That's obviously not the sign for steel. Sign for steel. You know, varies team by team. We don't have to get into it. Most of uh, <laughs> most of the hand signals I've done in the army just involve when my uh, when my first sergeant walks out of the uh, the office and I do sort of a slow wanking motion. Uh, <laughs> not the middle finger. <laughs> well, that one too. Some t- yeah, Britain. Sometimes I use the navy signals. Uh, <laughs> cut to a flashback. Yep. Um. It's lunchtime. Colonel. It's time for the uh, 1300 maneuvers. Um, they were talking about playing some sort of military strategy game. Yeah, they didn't have the licensing mm-hmm. to use Risk. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's just green army men in a dry erase map of probably Europe, I would assume. Based on Locke's yeah. age, he's probably doing a reenactment of World <laughs> War II. Um, oh, it gotta be. Gotta <laughs> be. They're just, yeah, they're just playing a game. It's lunchtime. Drinking soda, you know, having some having a sandwich. Um, Randy comes in. Just again, it's just breaking everybody's balls. Like What a piece of shit. Like, what kind of leader is that? Where it's like, you're going to talk down someone like, I looked up your background. It's like, yeah. you are a piece of shit boss, or you're not even a leader. You're an asshole. That's one of the things he digs on Lockabout. He's like, oh, you know, you fancy yourself a leader. What kind of leader? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, fucking pot kettle, dude. You stink at this. Like, you're just out here right. breaking everybody's balls. You're lucky that Locke only tells you off at one point and doesn't come in and <laughs> shoot you, like, with how... Like inhuman, you are treating him right now. The, the hostility that Randy has toward Locke for what reason? Like, just why? Like, the, yeah, he's it's his lunch. Let him in, he can do whatever he wants on his lunch. He wants to play a game with a like, why aren't you breaking mm-hmm. the other guy's balls? Like, the other guy's playing the game too, even as a person, like, as a boss, uh, this doesn't matter, but like to tell someone, like, hey, you can't do this, 
What kind of person are you to say that to someone else? Uh, not to not to spoil the episode here. <sighs> he's also just straight up digging on the guy for being disabled. <laughs> like that, that's that's a double yeah, piece of shit. That's yeah, that's it. That's that super extra, fucked up. Certainly like, extra ick factor. Like I get that that's supposed to be the big reveal at the end of the the episode, but re- rewatch it and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have use of your legs, idiot. Like whoa, yeah. that's fucked up, man. Yeah, he tells Randy off a little bit. He's like, you know, he doesn't shout at him, doesn't you know anything like that. But he uh, he's like don't tell me what i can't do there there's there's a reason that everything that i do and even if the reason is i want to that's good right exactly but don't so so don't tell me what i can't do very valid statement so from there we cut back to the hunting party um they're recovering from the boar attack locks Mm -hmm. disoriented yeah he says uh you know i just got the wind knocked out of me helen yeah kate's like what you you called me helen he's like did i i'm sorry is that is that not your name (laughs) (laughs) we just met Technically, I don't think you've told me your name. <laughs> Is it not Helen? Rose. Debbie? Dorothy? Uh, <laughs> she's like, we got to take Michael back. Um, he's like, go ahead. I will continue on the boar. She tells yeah. him, you can't do that. He says, don't tell me what don't I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Man, they they double down on his goddamn catchphrase. He says it like yeah, six like, fucking times in this episode. It, it was good set up in the previous scene at the break room because yeah. like, hey, you can't tell someone what they can't do. But this this seems a little like now he's blind with pride. Yep. He's like, I'm going to go do this instead of helping one of our injured comrades. That's a really good way of putting it, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's way more pride than it is sort of determination, I feel like. It's like we have an injured comrade now and you're going to yeah. leave us. Yeah, yeah, yeah to go hunt something that you think you need to do. Right, and that you already mm-hmm. admitted probably takes three people. Uh, from um, there, we, we cut to our other two providers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this should have been Hurley and Charlie's <laughs> billet throughout the show. Yes. <laughs> Don't have Charlie mess around with Echo. Just just have them both be the fun time mess around yes. boys. Yes, they are... Her, the, it, it shows how naturally comically it comes to these two characters, these two actors. They're so good at it. When you find something that works, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Hurley, I mean, Jorge is a fucking natural at it. Oh, and, and Dominic Monaghan definitely has his moments, but they give yeah. him so much like dark brooding shit to do that's so annoying. On a survival note, it, they could have gotten fish a lot sooner if they had the spear already under the water because of the fraction of the, the water it distorts yeah. where the fish actually is. So uh, you keep the spear under the water, you can stab it that way. Right. Yeah. The the fish is like below where you see it or above where you see it. Yeah. Based on how. So just yeah. for those survivalists out there Good that point, ever Brandon. get stranded on a Good lost point. island, they can they can get fish by remembering that little tip. If you don't have the scratch to pay for Jesse Krebs master class, um, we have like <laughs> sort of a minor class here on uh, survival here on she Lost does Island. cover cannibalism pretty late in the in the <laughs> lesson so you can also just fast forward to that um <laughs> i do have a note uh their interaction is just me and murph drunk in college <laughs> <laughs> trying to spearfish in lake winnebago <laughs> well just like how like hurley's like fine you fucking do it and then charlie goes full send and ends up dunking himself in the water i'm like yeah that made that tracks <laughs> the bit is like because he hurley makes the first stab and misses and snaps he's like damn it oh, bro, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Charlie's like, i'll take it and say like, yeah no problem just like, total like tone shift like goes from totally irate to all right yeah here you go yeah you, you try it yeah shithead <laughs> so good <laughs> and after charlie bails into the water he's like did you, he was excited he's like, did you see how close i was i almost had it. 
<laughs> it's so wholesome and I love it. We go to cut to Claire. Claire is organizing the documents. She has taken lead yeah. on the memorial service thing. Um, as she's sorting through some of this papers and stuff like that, she finds an envelope with Saeed's name on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, isn't your name Saeed? It is. I found this of you. And it, it's, uh, we've seen Saeed with this envelope before. It's a picture of his yeah. um, on again, off again girlfriend, Nadia. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated. That's a good way to put it. Um, uh, interesting bit of trivia about this photo. It was originally going to just be a random person, but they shot solitary the episode with Saeed. And so they had the actress that was going to be Nadia. So they were managed to take some stills and oh, give them yeah. and have them in this uh, this insert so that was kind of cool yeah. otherwise it would have been a different actress hypothetically he's super happy to have it uh and understand yeah. so this is a personal uh effect that he thought he lost cut to uh rose and jack still just sitting mm-hmm. on the beach kind of in silence mm-hmm. and then rose just sort of offers up you know his fingers swell whenever he flies she's talking about bernard her husband yeah. And that's why she has his wedding ring. The the interesting thing that I found in this scene was that she eventually starts to talk a little bit about Jack and she mentions that he has a good soul, which I trust Rose. I believe Rose. Yeah. And there's something earnest about her, not only her character, but like her, her beliefs and all that stuff. And like, especially in the context of loss. So like for her to say that, it, I, I feel like it's something that despite jack being so like he's got you know he's mood swings he's got a lot of issues especially sure. his father and you know and drinking mm-hmm. and responsibility and all that stuff like that like but there is there is a truth to that and i think that it's a little line that i as the show progressed in real time uh, i think everybody probably forgot that she ever said it but i <laughs> but i think uh, but i think it it's true i i liked hearing that line again for the first time having not watched lost since you know 15 years ago whatever from there we cut to a flashback uh john is on oh Harlan. we on the podcast here have seen a lot of locks past that has led up to this point and i mean john john's story is very sad but it has yeah. all led to this very sad very depressing life so it's interesting to watch it in this order where we're seeing it a little bit more chronologically oddly enough yeah, Locke's flashbacks chronologically, yeah. Yeah, um, sans how he ends up in a wheelchair. Um, right. But, man, he, you know, we, we know his relationship with Helen, and now he's on, like, a phone sex line, basically. Yeah. Just looking for companionship, even if right. he's got to pay for it. 90 bucks an hour. Jesus. To talk to a woman that he, yeah, he just, he, he says, when we talk, you're Helen. And yeah, like he gets to he gets to the point in the thing where he's t- he's telling you I'm ready to go on the walk about this thing I've been planning to do for such a long time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I bought two tickets. <sighs> That's borderline delusional. Come on, let's be realistic. If you're planning a trip, it's like, hey, yeah. I'm leaving in a week. You want to come? Yeah. Like, yeah, let me just drop everything I'm doing in less than a week to go on this trip with you. It's it's like, come on. Even if it even if you thought that was gonna happen, yeah, less than a week. Yeah, no, it's yeah, delusional. Like it's. It's a complete separation from reality. Like, there's no way. Yeah. She's like, you know, John, we've talked about this, you know, and uh, she hangs up on him. Mm -hmm. And he's just, God, it's sad. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just sad. (laughs) A sweet baby boy. 
cuts to Kate and Michael. They're, they're <laughs> heading back to the beach, but Kate's like, we gotta stop somewhere first. Your injury must not be that fucking severe. <laughs> yeah, it's probably fine. She, she, she whips out the antenna. She's like, me and Saeed are doing a <laughs> communications thing. You wouldn't get it. Um... I'm gonna climb this tree and do it. Just chill here. Yeah, she she climbs up the tree. She's trying to like get the fucking antenna all situated. She as she's up in the tree, she hears a noise uh, and a loud. It's like it, and it's hypothetically this a same or similar noise to the noise they heard in the pilot. Some right. racket out in the woods, a tyrannosaurus or something. Yeah, damn it. And causes her to drop the antenna from where she's at. She can tell that. It's headed in the direction of where they left Log, and it's it's clearly something big. Like yeah, we see a lot of foliage moving around. It's it's clearly not a boar. It's not a polar bear. It's whatever is in the jungle. Just ch- tracking down the boars. Yeah. So we we cut to Locke's POV of this, and yeah, we don't we don't see what's in the jungle, but we kind of get a POV of whatever it is, and it's yeah. massive. It's looming over him. The chronological viewers got to assume it's like, oh, well, this guy's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice knowing you, Terry O'Quinn. That's a wrap on old T-Bone. <laughs> Cut to Sawyer. Yeah, back uh, over by Claire. Um, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, I uh, I was pickpocketing dead bodies, um, yeah. and I don't need their identification. I'm keeping the money. I don't know why. <laughs> At least that's the none subtext. Of, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, none of these people flew with cash. That's weird. <laughs> um." So, I mean, he and again, he doesn't know how to say, like, this is for your thing. So he's just like, ah, here. <laughs> yeah, take them, whatever. Son and Walt are hanging out still. Son's doing <sighs> some some of her gardening stuff, her, her yeah. herbal remedies thing. Like, she's mm-hmm. working with a plant. Aloe vera plant. plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's this for? And she shows Walt. It's like, you can brush your teeth with it. He's like, oh, hell yeah. Hey, cool. And just at this moment, this is when Kate and Michael get back. Um, they come wandering in from the tree line. Michael's kind of playing it off like, ah, it's not yeah. as bad as it looks. That whole thing about Locke earlier when he was like the scimitar tusks and all that stuff. Yeah, and that, that, he nah, didn't change. Shit. Charlie brings Shannon a fish. <laughs> and he, he's all like proud warrior about it. Um, yeah. Or proud, proud fisherman. Like, you know, yeah. he had to like get inside the mind of the fish or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. So then she immediately like literally turns to Boone is like, see, I got a fish. And Boone's yeah. like, oh, you poor dumb sweet boy. Uh, right. I'm sorry that you got He's roped like, into a, this. Shannon, that's not what I meant. B, Charlie, you're an all day sucker. C, I have to leave. <laughs> and then she didn't even take the fish. <laughs> Or does she? Yeah. Like, like, but she goes off to argue with Boone some more. Charlie just left standing there. Dick in his hand. Now things start to get a little bit buck wild. Yeah, like things have already been a little sort of like uh, <laughs> out of pocket throughout this episode. Like this is where it really starts to, the ball starts to accelerate down the mountain. We get an example again here of, of Rose's faith. Jack says like, you know, if you want to say something about Bernard at the memorial, you know, I think that might be good for you. And she's like, oh, Bernard's alive. No, he's why, fine. Why, would, why would I say something in memory? He's alive. <laughs> but he was in the um, tail section. They're all gone. Yeah. They're probably <sighs> thinking the same thing about us. I fucking love that, especially Me knowing too. what we know about the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Me so too. good. Jack has the audacity to say, hey, you're suffering from post-traumatic shock. It's like, how dare you claim to know what someone's suffering? She looked calm Again. as ever. And you're like, yeah, you're suffering right now. It's like... Hold on. He said as he said before he's not a psychologist, he's not a psychiatrist. Like if if you recognize that, maybe don't just like say that. Yeah. You have post traumatic shot. That. Here's a prescription yeah. for <laughs> fucking benzos. What? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like they start heading back and 
Jack. Yeah. So speaking of post-traumatic uh, stress, like so yeah. he turns to the tree line and he sees his dead father. It's like white shoes wearing some fucking Nike New Balances, baby. That's trivia. That's not John Terry. Just a guy that looks no. like John Terry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So like he see and you know that. So like he's he's like what the fuck. Yep, he gets weirded out. Yeah. Um, we get weirded out. Uh, yeah, it's fucking spooky as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kate goes up to Saeed and shows him the busted antenna. She's like, I'm sorry I broke it. I should have got the warranty. <laughs> uh, like, she's trying to deflect, um, but he gets mad, yeah. which, you know, yeah, they've got limited resources. He spent all day doing that. He trusted her to do it. She fucking well, broke it. He says something, too, about I have to lie to anyone who asks what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, yes, we understand he's trying to triangulate the signal on the island, you know, and they, they didn't necessarily tell everybody about that. But like, he could also just say, oh, what are you doing? Building a radio. Yeah. I think it's, isn't it? It's more like a tie onto the pilot episode where Sawyer is accusing him of being a terrorist. I think, I think that's what it's kind of alluding to. That That's my mm. guess. Cause oh. I just rewatched the pilot just to kind of like refresh myself on the characters. But that's, that's my guess. It's kind of a tie into that. Sure. That makes sense. Okay, sure. Again, our guests know uh, have have better point of view than I do. So thank you, Britton, for just being um, smart. Well, again, we watched the pilot uh, eighteen months ago. <laughs> oh yeah, that whole thing. Said <laughs> so calms down a little bit. You know, he's like, yeah, "I'll just try again. I got nothing but time." You know, other people are yeah. doing food. Other people are doing bodies. I can do radio. Kate then goes to Jack and tells him that Locke is missing. Yeah, that's a pretty big assumption. Like, yeah, he's gone. Wait, what? You saw it? It's he's like, gone. No, he just, he just disappeared. We Into all know Kate has problems with object permanence, so <laughs> it's okay. That's one of her character things. But Jack sees Christian again. Yeah, man. He goes off to sort of chase the, the apparition or the hallucination or the real mm-hmm. guy, whatever it is. Yeah. And he runs into Locke, who is dragging a dead boar into camp. Brenton, is that um, what you looked like when uh, you bagged a boar? No, I mean, usually, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he gutted it so it's not as heavy. Uh, I'm not sure. Because usually usually you want the you know the muscle to cool, so you'll gut it and remove the organ so the, the, yep. the muscle doesn't like rot. So you, you try to cool it off as you can so bacteria doesn't uh, right. build up. But always in that process, you cover yourself head yeah, to yeah, toe you know, in the animal's blood, right? It just happens. You know, you're just getting in there slicing and it just happens to spray on you. Right. You black out a little bit and then yeah. you, you wake up naked and the animal's been gutted and, you know, whatever. Well, the thing is, we we don't know because, like, yep, we you, saw you. the monster, like, looking down at him. Maybe the, And it killed a boar. Maybe the monster gave him mm. the boar. Like, we don't know. And he's just, it's just him oh, trying to carry it. He yeah, just got all bloody because int- it's, you know, it's bleeding. Cut to the funeral or the memorial service. Mm-hmm. They're doing the best they can. They're basically just reading off whatever information they got. You know, anything they got. So and so was on the flight. Going to catch a connecting flight. Uh, this person wore corrective lenses. <laughs> Would have been an organ donor. These two folks were going to get married. Nothing on their stuff has their last name. Yeah. Stuff like that. Blah blah blah. The the bit about like the the wedding planner book that one got me there's a there's a lot of humanity about these people especially the ones that that we will never identify that it's a reminder there that like there were a lot of people on this uh plane that lost their lives and we are only going to get to know these 40 these weren't the only ones that started this journey so uh jack uh seemingly not going to get anything from it so he's separated himself michael asks Locke. Yeah. He, he thanks him for you know hey you know yeah. thanks for doing the thing you know I thought you know getting, um, getting the food for everybody but uh, but you were out there and you saw the monster did you see the monster yeah. or you were by the monster what Kate mm-hmm. said it was heading right for you you know did you get a look at it no nope 
Didn't see it. Cut to our last flashback. Locke is speaking with the dude running the walkabout. He's in Melbourne. The dude's like, you can't. Can't take you long. There's too much walking. We're going to be going over huge swaths of land here. I was wondering about that because that's like a walkabout tour. So meaning like a tour. So they're on a bus like. So a walkabout is like a spiritual, it's coming of age, uh, it's a rite of passage for like aboriginals. And it's generally yeah, like yeah. you're out in the wilderness yeah. for like six months. Mm-hmm. This is a tour, so I don't think it's lasting six mm-hmm. months. Sure. I, I have some arguments. Yeah. I feel like if he really wanted to do this, he could do it without doing the tour. He could just go out there and try and survive in the wilderness on his own. He doesn't need to go through a tour, but that's yeah. that's a whole different discussion altogether. It, I mean, it's interesting too. It's sort of like the touristification of things that are sacred to indigenous peoples it's like you know a lot of the problems like with hawaii currently like how you know the island is being choked and dying because of you know the navy's presence and the tourist presence and the and the haula and all that stuff and it's like the Mm -hmm. same thing here it's like we've taken like you said and uh this is a coming of age ritual for the indigenous peoples of australia and there's just some dudes like, hey, get on a bus and we'll give you the real <laughs> that's Australian what, that's what I'm experience. Curious about. Like, if it's a tour, <laughs> couldn't he still go? I mean, it's not like if, yeah. you're, if you're doing, it's not like they're right. going to drop you off in the wilderness like, hey, see you in six months. Yeah. Oh, what my argument is, is like, I feel yeah. like he still could have done the tour. And even if he did, he could, they wouldn't let him go. He could have still done it himself. But he could have stayed in Melbourne and just like got in a hotel like for yep. a couple of days and then get, got in his shit and then but gone. Then, out into the outback and go camping and like do his do his thing do his connection to yeah. the world and you know fulfill his destiny he didn't have to yeah get on the bus so maybe so maybe there's a certain acceptance of his limitations he like maybe he's like well i i can do anything i set my mind to that said i am in a wheelchair i do need help yeah. getting to the place i don't know maybe maybe there's an element of that in in lock himself i don't know I've, obviously you know whenever people have you know any sort of disability you know you you don't want to limit them like what they can and cannot do is is very much up to them however like you know i want to see the first bluff they have to climb and john just looking at it going oh fuck (laughs) i didn't bring my off-road tires you know like i know several people who have lost the use of their leg and they have like Mm -hmm. off-road wheelchairs there's other there are other types of uh, apparatus prosthetics implements that people right. have to, to get, you know in, increase their ability you know i suppose that john just showed up in his fucking hospital ass wheelchair yeah it's just it was like every day to go right. <laughs> so it's like eh. the guy tells me he says you misrepresented yourself you know yeah. locks I, I never lied to you he's like you lied by omission you didn't tell us that you are wheelchair bound like this is a problem yeah. for our insurance blah 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 mm-hmm. i'm sorry the best we can do is just send you back home and this is the this is the bit this is the third mm-hmm. i i can do this no you can't yeah don't tell me what I can't do. And, but then the guy just like gets on the bus and leaves him. So I was like, uh, I guess right. I'll it's close like, up shop then. <laughs> like, I, yeah. And, you know, despite the fact that I may have lost this argument, didn't you say you were going <laughs> to give me a flight home, you fuck? <laughs> We've revealed that he's in the wheelchair. Okay. He, he big, yeah, big backs reveal. away from the desk. We find out yeah. that locks wheelchair bound. Um, yeah. And so then we, caught, we flash forward to the plane crash day. Lock putting on the shoe, realizing he can move his legs, standing up, getting his bearings, and then... Immediately starting to contribute to the triage of the plane. Jack's like, you come over here, help me. There's a brief moment when he's sort of like getting his legs underneath him and he's smiling, you know, like ear to ear, which is so strange. You know, it's like literally everyone's fighting for their lives and screaming and dying. And he's like, this is the best day of my fucking life. Yeah. And that's John Locke in this show that personifies his character. And so then we cut back to the present and we see Locke looking off at his chair flickering in the firelight. 
So good. And that's it. Lost. The unveiling of the wheelchair. It makes sense why he was so angry about the show. Because like, like, we, like we mentioned, there are some clues throughout the show that if you've seen the show once already, or if you already know the punchline, like J, JP, like he said, the tread on his shoes are not worn out. Of <laughs> yeah, um, right, yeah. The one thing that I didn't notice the first time we watched the show, uh, but wa- re-watching it again last night, um, the, there's a machine that Locke has on his bedside table next to his phone. It's an electronic muscle stimulating device. Oh. oh. And he shuts it off during the phone call meaning he was sitting there using this machine to stimulate the muscles in his legs sure um, sure sure so they don't you know weaken or atrophy or whatever and so that mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a little pointer you never see him stand up throughout the episode and you know right etc right, etc right. etc et so so there are they did do a little bit of sprinkling in of like you know yeah. the real eagle-eyed observer or maybe the person who is more conscious of this sort of things that uh, that a person who is wheelchair bound or has lost the use of their legs might be conscious like that machine you know a bunch of assholes <laughs> that went to film school <laughs> <laughs> did we like it wasn't good that's the first question right brenton why don't you uh start us off what'd you think about walkabout yes and no i, I liked it and didn't like it the part i didn't like is it, it it felt different than what i remember it to be mm-hmm. yeah let's talk I don't about know. that I, I i just i mean is it is it the fact that you already knew the reveal you know you you know that he was in a wheelchair the whole time it could be i have more life experience now i mean i do a lot of wilderness stuff so i feel like i have that perspective because I, yeah, I felt like yeah, he do. was that wilderness person when I was first sure. watching it. Yeah. Like he had the, his expertise and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. Um, but now watching it, it's like, mm, he doesn't. He just really wants to. It's like when you were younger, <laughs> right. he was the guy. And now that you're older, you're like, it's like, yeah, it's like you, you know, you grew I'm up thinking you had Superman. And then you, and when you get older, you realize he's just a drunk who wears a cape. <laughs> <laughs> this is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's a super good joke oh um, yeah no uh, I, had a, I had a similar thought because the the scene that final scene at the at the agency i thought that that was the the lead into the title card so in my head i was remembering oh. the reveal of him being a wheelchair in the first seven or eight minutes of the show oh interesting and then as I was watching, I was like, "Oh wait, the, this the way that they reveal this is so different, same than from what I was remembering." I, th- and, I thought uh, he was actually trying to do walkabout yeah, stuff. So. Like I thought most of the episode was him already in Australia trying to get it going, and I completely forgot it was just the ending scene. Yeah, interesting. Uh, JP, what about you? Did you like it? Was uh, it good? I really liked it. Yeah, I, I have some feelings about the episode before this. Um, sure, but. If I'm, you know, 2004 or whatever, and I'm sitting down watching the show, and this is the fourth goddamn episode of this show, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's let's <laughs> go. I gotta know what's going on with these people on this fucking wacky island. Uh, Adam? Yes, I liked it, but again, I think, kind of like Brenton, I didn't, I, I probably liked it more the first time I saw it. Because oh, sure. totally. of difference in life experience difference in yeah maybe knowing the reveal already like we've been sort of dancing around the fact that we know Lockett was wheelchair bound prior to the island throughout lost on lost um but then from another thing as i was checking out trivia on lostpedia for the episode this episode i think my problems with it are there's sort of like throughout every once in a while there are little unfinished thoughts sort of things that kind of come out of nowhere and don't get resolved and vice versa this has on lostpedia one of the longest cut material sections that i've seen on any of these articles really there are so many things that apparently Hmm. either got cut in the script itself before they got shot or just got cut after they've been shooting there's so many things in here Anything of note? Some of it's just exposition. Some of it's whatever. Um, it would have made these some of these scenes seem a little bit more finished or a little bit more polished. 
just to, for, for me as the observer. I liked it just probably, I liked it more back then, but I agree with you here. And when I hit this fourth <laughs> episode, I'm like, okay, it's party time. Um, and then <laughs> they, they describe it as the walkabout effect where many Lost fans describe this episode as the episode that did actually finally set the hook yeah. and, make, and make them fans of the show and make them invested in what was going to happen. And I think it's because we've been exposed to Jack in the pilot. We've spent, been exposed to Kate now We've been exposed to Locke now. So now we have what sort of ends up being the, you know, the, the, the three leaders of the A team. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also the, the spookiness isn't yeah. just something in the woods. There's something yeah. else happening and it's affecting one of our main characters. Yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I felt the setting of the hook again now yeah. you know mm-hmm. 16 years uh, 18 years later whatever it is want to do some mvps yes <laughs> so uh lost mvp uh who is your favorite person from walkabout uh, minus anything else you know about the show Brenton, why don't you kick us off who is your mvp so i kind of have a, a toss-up here okay, um, okay. first one is claire um oh. I, give her prop, <laughs> I give her props for taking the there lead doing a memorial yeah. service this is emotional closure for the characters yeah. Um, and the runner up would be Locke. Um, he brings yeah. board to the survivors. He's providing food. And this is also a personal triumph for him. So he's on his feet again. He's doing the thing he wants to do. He's in his element. Yeah, I dig it. Fuck yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. JP, what do you think? It's got to be my sweet baby boy. You know it is. You know it's that Johnny Locke. I love that he's got two legs, that he's walking, <laughs> that he's running, that he's got weird bloodlust, that he has a suitcase <laughs> full of knives. I love that he tucks his shirt in still, like into his pants. Fucking everything about him. Love him. Just love him. I love how yeah. fucked up he is, too. Yeah. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn yeah, just kills real it. Good. Uh, Adam. Uh, I am going to give it to uh, David Fury, the writer of the episode. Nice. Emmy-nominated um, writer David Fury. Emmy-nominated writer David Fury. Uh, <laughs> a member of the WGA award-winning season one writing staff. Yeah, this episode, it might not be the best episode of Lost that is ever written, but he wrote an episode that if you haven't bought in yet, you are going to yeah. buy in. That's fair. Um, yeah, this is your sea change here. It's like if you've gotten to this episode and you don't like it, Lost isn't going to be for you. And it was for a lot of people. Totally. Well, hey, let's uh, let's do some Lost Forevers. Yes. What do you say, boys? Uh, who let's was Brenton? You got to tell us who was your least favorite. Who sucks shit? Who could you have done without in this episode? Who is your Lost Forever? So I kind of got two, but this one definitely takes the gate. The first one is Randy. The fucking yes. manager piece of shit he needs to go <laughs> telling people they can't do things like, hey, man, what kind of leader are you? What kind of leader are you? Set an example telling people what they can and cannot do. Fuck yeah. you. You deserve to be lost forever. You deserve to be lost on that island. Mm. Um, and then runner-up would be Shannon because she didn't contribute anything. She didn't learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally fair. Brenton, I'm just going to piggyback right off you. Randy's a little bitch. I hate him. He is... He is not the idea of what a leader is, you know? Mm-hmm. He he has no business being in charge of anything besides what fucking hole he needs to crawl in and never be seen again. Let's give him the hat trick. Yep, Randy. You, uh, dude, dude th- there was th- th- nobody in this episode that was as bad as you, even with the, the tomfoolery that Shannon and Boone were creating on Island. Randy Nations was su- did such a good job of being a colossal piece of shit. Dude, you suck. You suck so hard. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a randy yeah yeah don't if, be randy it, yeah if you're gonna learn anything don't be randy that's a that's a three-peat that's a i don't well, know if that's happened before <laughs> it's the writing is so good 
you know, this Emmy nominated show <laughs> or episode that uh, that uh, it's just clear who the heroes and villains are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Britton, thank you for joining us for our silly podcast. Thanks for having mm. me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, sure. what, what would you like to plug? I know you got some socials out there that you're doing quite a bit of content for. Well, I got a YouTube channel. If people are interested, kind of goes over like backpacking trips. I go over some adventures I do here. Uh-huh. I have. Uh, it's really just for fun. Um, sure. People have similar interests. Uh, you can check it on YouTube. It's called Tom's National Trails. That's Tom with T H O M. There's some really really fun stuff. There's there's whole trips that like I never would have even known about. Where I'm just like, oh damn. Brenton put the whole fucking thing together and now I should just go take this trip or go check out this trail or check out this gear or something like that. So if if you guys want to, you know, get some real survival, uh, no hollow knowledge, go check out uh, go check out YouTube and IG and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. It's really just for fun. Um, and nope, I kind of like you're you guys, an expert I, now. I, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I try to put content every two weeks kind of like you guys. So cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Well, we'll Very put cool. a link to uh, all that on yeah. our socials. Adam, why don't you uh, tell the folks what we're going to watch next time? Next yeah, week. for sure. Um, if you are out there trying to be lost with us next time, we're going to be getting together to talk about season two, episode 18, Dave. What? Starring Hurley. <laughs> what is the name of the episode? Dave. D- Dave? What are you doing, Dave? Dave, yeah. Like, Dave's not here? Yeah, Dave's not here, man. Yeah, Dave, it's called Dave. Um, I, re- okay. I remember this episode. I like this episode a lot. Um, it'll become pretty clear as to why it's called Dave when you watch it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a early episode, uh, season two, late season two, episode 18. It's a, it's a, it's a big, uh, it's, a, it's a lost classic uh, pilots here, Jack Bender, Kitsis, and Horowitz. So. Oh, boy, here we go. Brenton, thanks again for taking the time. Uh, thanks again for supporting the show uh, on coffee.com. We appreciate that uh, a lot. Keeping the lights um, on. Appreciate the invite and keep up the good work, guys. Appreciate thanks, that, bud. man. Thank you. JP. Yeah. Do you have any idea what's going on on the show? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> Lost on Lost is produced and edited by me and JP. We wish to acknowledge that we live, work, and produce our show on occupied land. Burbank, California is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Tongva, Chumash, Keech, and Fernandeño Tataviam peoples. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Peoria, Potawatomi, Miyama, and Ho-Chunk peoples. And Lost was produced in Hawaii on the lands of the Kanaka Maoli. Visit native-land.ca to learn more about the land you live and work on. You can engage with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Lost on Lost One. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com or support us with dollar monies at coffee.com slash wearelostonlost. Thanks to Lostpedia and its community of contributors, Danny Schmitz, Random.org, and as always, you the listeners for tuning in. We're hosted at Podbean. You can hear us there or wherever you get your podcasts, except MySpace. We're we're not on MySpace. Yet. (laughs) 